From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. What happens in a startup? Someone says, hey, Bob, you know, I have an idea. Why don't we do this? And Bob says, yeah, good idea. That was it. That was six months of meetings compressed into six seconds. Today on episode 92 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Mark Hirschberg, author of the Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. There are many new skills you need to learn as a new consultant after many years as an employed professional. In today's episode, Mark and I discuss how to make this transition as successfully as possible. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Mark Hirschberg. Mark is the author of The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. Educated at MIT, Mark has spent his career launching and fixing new ventures at startups, Fortune 500s, and academia. He's developed new software languages, online marketplaces, new authentication systems, and tracked criminals and terrorists on the dark web. Mark helped create the Undergraduate Practice Opportunities Program, MIT's Career Success Accelerator, where he's taught for 20 years. Mark also serves on the boards of nonprofits Techie Youth and Plant a Million Corals. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Mark, you've been teaching business skills at MIT for 20 years, yet you are not a coach. Why are you interested in helping people with their professional efficacy? My personal career is around building startup companies. That's something I've always enjoyed doing. Along the way, I discovered I wasn't taught all the skills I needed. Other people weren't either. And it pains me to see people who get stuck, who want to reach that next level and just don't know how. And so it's always just been a side hobby, a a personal passion of mine. But I don't want to become a full-time coach because I don't like giving up my day job that I enjoy as well. How much of your time do you spend on the career guidance part? It's picked up a lot more because with the publication of my book, I've spent a lot of time doing a virtual tour. But I suspect when it returns to normal, it will probably be somewhere on the order of about 15 to 25 percent of my time. Okay. And, you know, for high achieving professionals that become consultants or coaches after long corporate careers, these folks will typically make this transition either by design or or by circumstance. So in some cases, they feel like they have achieved what they want to achieve as a corporate employee, and their desire for the next stage in their career is to be self-employed. And then there are those that get pushed out, yet they still either want to or feel like they're forced to make it as a consultant or a coach. One of the things I've observed is they're really good at what they do for their clients because they've had years of experience doing it. They often lack a lot of very basic business building skills, which is why so many of them struggle. And I wonder what your observations are with this particular demographic. I can certainly sympathize and understand in my own career. I've been a CTO, a chief technology officer, and at times I would do my own consulting. And while I was very strong technically, I was not strong marketing myself, selling myself, getting myself out there for those consulting jobs, 
earlier in my career. And so it's a struggle I very much can understand. Fortunately, I've been able to build up a very extensive network. And this is so important for early entrepreneurs, for solopreneurs, for independent consultants. It's building that extensive network, which doesn't just mean collecting lots of business cards, but building lots of relationships and doing things to stay top of mind so that when opportunities come anywhere in your network, you are aware and connected to them very quickly to capitalize on them. And would you say that that's the most important skill set that consultants and coaches need to build is that relationship building skill set? It's hard to pick just one, but that is definitely one of the top because without a strong network, you are limited to however many people you just happen to come across and market to. And let's face it, consultants, you're not buying Super Bowl ads. It really is going through your network. That's how you're getting out there. So you've got to focus a lot of time and energy on it. So what's an example of the kind of relationship building and networking that an early stage consultant or coach should be doing? You need to be getting out there in whatever that means, probably at least twice a week. Now that could mean going to certain events. It could mean running events yourself, they'll talk about it in a second. It could just mean spending a certain number of time, a certain amount of engagements per week with people in your current network. That might be meeting them for coffee. It might just be outreach with a phone call or an email, but you want to set aside a certain amount of time per week for building the relationships you have and going out and meeting new relationships. And you need a level of discipline to do that. Otherwise, it's too easy to let it fall by the wayside. Right. I was going to ask you, is it sounds like you have a, a pretty structured, a structure in mind in order to be able to do this successfully. I don't have a specific structure. And to be honest, I don't personally follow one. But it's a lot like other habits. When you first start with a habit, when it's a new habit, you need to be disciplined. It's like going to the gym. If you don't say, okay, I'm going every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 p.m., it's too easy to skip it. Now, once you've been doing that for six months, you don't necessarily need to have explicit in your calendar. You can say, oh, I'm going to go at six instead of five today. You can be a little more casual because you've built up that muscle memory. You've built up that habit. But early on, you might want to be more rigorous about it. Yeah, I know early on in my career as an entrepreneur, I joined a networking organization that was very structured. And I found it super helpful and it did lead to business. It led to, not only did it lead to business, but it led to opportunities that I wasn't aware of and didn't suspect would be coming, but they all came about because of the relationships that I had built. And one thing you can do is go out and put your content out there. Now, this is something that can seem scary at first. You're thinking, wait, if I'm going to give this away, no one's going to want to pay me for it. But in fact, they're not paying for this particular piece of knowledge or that particular idea. They're paying for a holistic set of help that only you can provide. Your content, that is your marketing. That is what makes you unique. That is your selling point. So don't be afraid about giving some of it away about doing free seminars, about going on podcasts, about even meeting someone and saying, look, I'm happy just to do half an hour, chat about what you're going through, give you some ideas, right? First taste is free. And if you like that, then we can work on something 
longer term. We can work on an engagement, but don't hesitate to give away at least some of it. Don't worry about, oh, what can I say and what can't I say? That's how you're going to engage new clients. So your advice is you can't give away too much. If you list, if you have some really complicated technique and you put everything on the website, maybe, although even then, if it's that complicated, probably need you to walk them through it. But always feel free to reach out. I've been going and reaching out to people and I'll meet them for coffee. I always give them a free hour. And in my world, where there's a lot of technical challenges, I'll sit there, I'll give them ideas. You want to think about doing it this way, this technology, this type of structure. Because it's not the idea itself. It's not that they said, oh, I never would have thought of that. Thanks, you just solved my problem. It's the execution, right? None of the coaching we do, it's not as though we're giving them some brilliant insight, build relationships, be a stronger leader, communicate better. These are not brilliant insights they couldn't have thought of on their own, but it's in the details. It's in that day-to-day, how you actually execute and deliver on it. That's where they need help. I don't need the coach in the gym to tell me, you know, lift this way. I need the coach in the gym to tell me, you know to lift this way, but here's what you're doing wrong. And here's how I'm going to correct your form as you go. That's what we do as coaches. Hmm. Mark, how do you create content? So that's a good question. In the past, I have not done content creation. I have just met people and had conversations and answered their questions and gave them some ideas to get them thinking the right way and then saying, if you want to do more of this, I am someone who can help you. And again, I've done this in technology, not Mm -hmm. in coaching. Now that I have the book out, the book itself is out there. And a book is a great way to get your name out there to distinguish you in some way. There's a lot of techniques you can use with a book or similar types of content. But then I'm also on podcasts. And here I eat my own dog food. For maybe about 10 seconds, I thought, oh, when I start doing podcasts, should I be worried about, am I giving away too much from the book? Is someone not going to buy the book? But no, in fact, I will talk about anything on the podcast. I even create a free app. If you went and highlighted all the good parts of the book, all the tips, all the good quotes, that's in a free app. Because my philosophy is if someone is saying, I'm just going to get all from the app, I'm going to lose a handful of people that way. Maybe these are the really price sensitive people who said, ooh, the cost of a book's expensive. I'm going to get through the app or listening to a hundred different podcasts. But I'm going to reach such a larger audience and I'm going to hook them. So I've been liberal about putting my content out that way. I'll likely be adding a blog soon, just giving away the content because the time and effort it would take to gather all that content on their own, it would be cheaper and easier, in my case, to buy my book, in your case, to just engage you and have you uh, help them along the way. So besides building relationships and creating content, what are some of the other skills that consultants and coaches need in order to build a successful business? Communication is really important. This is something many coaches, of course, teach. It's an integral part of business, of leadership, of teamwork. Now, the aspect of communication I tend to focus on is understanding people's mental models, understanding their background, their thinking preferences, because the way you sell your services, the way you sell anything is going to differ based on who the potential customer is. That can be anything from, I have a budget and I'm just looking where I can spend it. Is it you? Is it someone else? Or convincing someone you do need to invest your budget with a coach like me as opposed to something else. But even how you get them to think about 
Do they approach things logically versus emotionally? Do they approach it holistically? Do they take a long-term view? Do they take a tactical view? How are they seeing their problems? How are they seeing a potential solution? And you want to sell yourself into however they are framing their problems. Later on, you might be teaching them, here's how to reframe your problems. Here's how to look at it differently. But in that moment, of course, they see the problem a specific way. And it's important to understand how they see that problem and frame your solution to fit into how they model the problem. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really important. Mark, what are your thoughts about making a transition from employment to consulting or coaching this year in light of the major disruption that COVID has caused throughout our economy? It has been a certainly challenging year. I know many people got transitioned, sometimes not by choice. It's going to be, I think, a challenging 2021 for many people. But long term, there's massive opportunity. History has shown us whenever there is a large type of change, massive opportunity. Something to consider is maybe early this year you have discounted rates or you do some groups for for free or some nominal rate to get your name out there. Think of this as almost a rebuilding year, even if it's a starting year for you, because things are going to stabilize hopefully towards the end of this year, certainly into 2022. And if you've gotten your name out there, you start to build a reputation, then you can build upon that to really accelerate in 2022. So don't worry about trying to hit a home run right now. There's a lot of volatility. Worry about building those connections, building your brand, and setting yourself up for wins in 2022. Yeah, that's good advice. Are there areas where you think there might be low-hanging fruit just to get some short-term wins? One challenge we face now is, of course, a lot of companies cut back on expenditures. They cut back due to uncertainty. And then individuals who got laid off don't necessarily have a lot of opportunity. That said, as we look forward, we can see certain things are going to start growing again. We're going to see hospitality grow a lot. Now, whether that happens in June or whether that happens next April, that's a little TBD, right? We don't know yet if COVID is going to come back, if we're going to get a full third wave here in the U.S. So you're going to have to hedge your bets. But recognizing that once COVID starts to taper down, there are going to be certain areas coming back, certain areas for opportunity. You can think about the primary markets like travel. You can think about secondary markets. Who's helping the travel people? Who's helping all the HR people as they now work in this new reality of semi-remote teams and have to deal with issues of how do we create organizations that can communicate effectively, can work as one when we went from maybe one office or two or three to now half the team's remote, but half is in the office. So think about the secondary effects as well. Can you set yourself up over these next three, six, 12 months so as those areas start to grow, you are known as an expert and you are known as a go-to person in that area. Mark, in your work looking at careers and advising people on, on their careers, what are some examples of people that have made a transition really successfully from employment to entrepreneurship? About 11 years ago, I was involved teaching at... Uh, SUNY's, 
I forget the name of the program. We were taking people who lost their jobs in the Great Recession. And now we're not just getting them a new job. We had to get them into a new career. And for most of these folks, they came out of large corporations, 5,000, 20,000 people. And now we're putting them into basically startups, startups of five people, 20 people. The challenge for them, it wasn't about learning the new skill set. The challenge was changing their mindset. Because for these folks going from, okay, 20,000 people. So we're going to have the pre-meeting to plan the meeting, to run things by, get approval by legal and accounting and all these other groups so we can have the meeting to plan for the final meeting to make the decision. That's a six-month process. And then we put them in a startup. And what happens in a startup? Someone says, hey, Bob, you know, I have an idea. Why don't we do this? And Bob says, yeah, good idea. That was it. That was six months of meetings compressed into six seconds because that's how startups work. There's less process, less formality, and they had to realize they had to be more dynamic and change and just work in a less structured environment. When you go from being in the corporate world to on your own, you're going to have to recognize that kind of cultural shift. The fact that you don't have others to make decisions, the fact that you'll make decisions, but then can and should quickly shift those decisions. And you're capable of doing that. It's not that you don't have that ability to say, oh, you know what, this isn't working, let's switch. It's getting into that mindset of fail fast. It's getting to the mindset of try different things, of recognizing that I have to do this all on my own. I'm going to ask a lot of people, get a lot of advice, try a bunch of things. Some will work, some will fail. I have to be on top of this all because no one else is watching. It's all things you know how to do, but getting that mental shift to say, it's all on me and here's the speed at which I have to do it. That is the key to being a successful solopreneur. Yeah. One of the things I, I like to say is, as an employee, you're probably going to be looked down upon or perhaps penalized if you're wrong more than 10% of the time. And as an entrepreneur, if you're right 10% of the time, you're often doing quite well. Well said. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very different. Those incentive systems, right, in the corporation, the way we are trained to think, the reward and penalty system, as you point out, is so different in both of these. And it's so important to understand that. Yeah. Well, Mark, congratulations on completing the Career Toolkit. What do you hope that it will achieve? I have seen, as I said earlier, people get stuck in their careers, people who want to go somewhere but don't know how. And thankfully, I've been able to help people at MIT, at other universities, and in the people I've mentored and managed over the years. With the book, I'm hoping I can reach a wider audience and help a lot more people achieve the career success that they want. Yeah, that um, certainly is a very rewarding role to play, and the world certainly needs more help in this regard. Mark, if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, learn more get a copy of the book, or get in touch with you, where's the best place to go? You can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Uh, my guest today has been MIT instructor and author of The Career Toolkit, Mark Hirschberg. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today on Going Solo and sharing your insights. Thanks for having me. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned essential skills for success as a new consultant and much more. 
If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.